Welcome to the Midlife Rise and Thrive podcast. I am your host, Dr. Sarah Poldmay. If you have been wondering how to feel your best in mind, body, and spirit as you navigate through midlife, then this is the show for you. Each week, I'm sharing accessible education, heartfelt stories, and exclusive interviews. We will be talking about everything from health and wellness to sex and relationships and the many challenges and opportunities that come with midlife. It's time to take charge and live fully with intention as you write your next chapter. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Midlife Rise and Thrive. I am so excited to welcome Amy Johnson to the show. Amy is a psychologist, coach, and author, and a speaker who shares a groundbreaking new approach that helps people find lasting freedom from unwanted habits, anxiety, and self-doubt via insight rather than willpower. She is the author of Being Human, the little book of big change, the no-willpower approach to breaking any habit, and just a thought, a no-willpower approach to end self-doubt and make peace with your mind. In 2017, she opened the Little School of Big Change, an online school that has helped thousands of people find freedom from anxiety and habits and live a more peaceful life. Amy also shares the No Willpower approach in her top-rated podcast, Changeable, and she's trained over 70 coaches in her Change Coach training program. She has been a regularly featured expert on The Steve Harvey Show and Oprah.com, as well as in the Wall Street Journal and Self Magazine. Welcome, Amy. Amy, I am so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. You want to give our audience a little bit about yourself? Please do. Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Sarah. So, yeah, I help people with anxiety and habits, mostly. Really like in a way of just seeing things in a radically different way. Like we all go through life with our conditioned beliefs and like the way that we think the world looks and works based on what we've been told and how our, you know, all the conditioning. And that's really kind of the issue. And so I love talking about change and like freedom and how it's not about doing things differently. It's really like a shift in how we see things that makes change and and just a totally different experience, like totally possible. Okay, wonderful. So when we are looking at change, what perspectives do you think women in midlife may need to shift in order to allow for change that will serve them? Yeah, I think in a sense, like what we're what we're doing isn't wrong. Like nothing is wrong. It's just that we have so much thinking about what we should be doing and how things should look and how midlife is supposed to feel or how it does or doesn't feel. You know, we've just if we really look at that. Those aren't even our thoughts. We've been, every human on earth has been so conditioned like crazy to just know what to expect and how things go. And our mind is constantly, just even the way our mind works, it's all about me and my life and how am I doing? And that has a like survival kind of function behind it. You know, there's a deep down, there's a reason for all that me focus that the mind does. And there's a reason that, that society conditions the heck out of us. But we want to kind of see that stuff for what it is. So especially like women at midlife, I mean, things like, you know, even just the even just midlife, like, what does that even mean? What does your age even mean? Now, again, like we, 
you could talk to a woman in her 40s or 50s or 60s and she's like, I'll tell you what it means. You know, <laughs> like this is this is what I've been through and this is what's ahead and this is what happens for people at this phase or whatever. But those are thoughts. That yeah. has nothing to do with how that woman feels right now in this moment. It has nothing to do with what she might choose to go do later unless her mind limits her so much by saying, oh, no, you're 50, you can't wear a bikini anymore, or you're this, you don't do that anymore, or whatever, you know? So to really kind of see through all the conditioned thoughts that are there, and I don't mean see through each and every one, but to just be aware that we are highly conditioned and that truly things like age and time and where you are in your life those are concepts. They're helpful for communication, but they're not real. They, they have no actual reality to them. Absolutely. I know that in clinic, I see patients of, of different ages or the same age, and they just represent so differently because maybe of the thoughts and the preconditions that they have, they've learned to live their lives differently. So some people may be stuck in a box of this is what a 50-year-old woman is supposed to look like, how she is supposed to age. And then they take actions based on those thoughts that are what you're saying are not even real. They're not yes. real. That's not really how a woman should be at 50. That's just yes. learned that a woman should be at 50. Totally. And as you're saying, like, it's so different, even though we all, you know, maybe are in similar cultures and all of that. Even like what sticks with us and what our specific families taught us, wildly different. I was just talking with a client who's 17, almost 18, and she's dreading her 18th birthday because she, because of all that it means to be into adulthood, you know, and she feels old and it's like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> I'm a lot older than you and I don't feel as old as you feel. And it's just so fascinating. It is fascinating. My daughter and I had a similar conversation. She just turned 19 and she goes, it's going to be so weird when I turn 20. I won't be in my teens anymore. I'm like, I know this. And I just turned 50 and it's, it's, I, I was watching almost as like an outsider the different things people said to me as I was turning 50. And my oh, response yeah. is, I was trying to be thoughtful in them. But my response was, I'm lucky to have turned 50. Not everybody gets turned 50. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely, that's fascinating. So when you say that that these are all concepts, I mean, we can say that about age. We can say that about time even. I mean, all we have is the present day, right? Yeah, yeah. And and where the mind goes, the mind doesn't know the present. It's just a linear thinking machine. So all it will ever do is look backward and forward. And that's fine. That's how it works. But so huge for us to see that that's what's happening. Like, no, when I'm in the past and future, I'm identified with repetitive thought. That's not reality. You know, there's so much more to life than just that timeline. So then this perspective shift that needs to change is an understanding that our thoughts are not real. Is that and that that's all huge. they are? Yes. Yeah, I think that's huge to start to even recognize, you know, if that's just kind of where someone's starting off with this, even just to recognize, oh, yeah, these are ideas. They're very well-known ideas, but they are just ideas, just thoughts. That it almost gives us more choice. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not real. So it kind of leaves you in, a, in like this, 
infinite place of like possibility, you know, because right, if there is no way you're supposed to feel or thing you're supposed to do when you're 50 or 18 or 20 or whatever, then anything's possible. Yeah, absolutely. I had a conversation with another podcast guest talking about bravery. And it was interesting the things that came up because, you know, people will think that you're brave if you do something at 50, which they would not have thought twice about you doing if you were in your teens or 20s, like traveling alone or it's just it's so interesting about how we put so many labels on things. I was raised Jewish, but am by choice a Buddhist. So I guess I just heard a term the other day that was Jubu, which I thought was so cute. But one of the concepts in Buddhism that I love is that, you know, you can call something a tree. You know, you can call a a tree a tree, but is that what it is? It is so much more than just a tree. It was once a seedling. It it is now a mature tree, but there's so many things. It's a home for animals. So, you know, just we just put labels on things that aren't actually fully encompassing what they are. Yes. And and without that, the language to even say what a tree is, like there's still a, an experience of it. You know, there's still just the visual, like felt experience of this thing. But then as soon as there's a word for it, a tree, everything gets very narrow. And now it's like, oh, I know what a tree is. It has a bark and it has leaves. Well, you know, like so now we're not even experiencing the tree, the thing itself. We're experiencing our idea of a tree. And that goes for us, too. It's like, like we're not 50 or 20 or whatever we are. Of course we're not. Like, that's a concept. That's like calling us a tree, but that's not what's really here. No, no, absolutely. So we have more choice when we shift our perspective to, to understand that there's labels for us. What do we do with, I mean, we wrap our brains around that concept and then where do we go with with it? Do we care less what people may think of us? Or give me give an example of how we would benefit from this perspective shift. It's funny because, I mean, it really just puts us in a place that's a little more childlike in a sense, you know, and that like they're just the walls and the limits and the boundaries are, are seen to be made of thought. There's nothing really to them. And so we do whatever the heck occurs to us to do, which is awesome, which is so much freedom. Yes. Just like just like a three-year-old or a five-year-old, they don't care who's around. If they want to dance, they're going to dance. And if they want to do it naked, they're going to do it naked. And they don't care how old they are or who's there or what they look like, you know? Yeah. So it always, it's funny and it's ironic that because we're talking about like, you know, mid-age, but in a sense, what it does is it just makes us more childlike in our actions anyway and in our spirit, I think. Less jaded, maybe. Yes. By all yeah. the labels. Because the labels are hard. It's yeah. hard to live by all the labels that are put onto us. And I think that's one of the challenges of midlife is we're getting old enough to know better, but those labels are still out there in society being reinforced constantly. Yeah. That doesn't feel good all the time. Yeah. I think it never feels good in a sense because we know they're not, we know we're not that. You know what I mean? Like, like to call the tree a tree. I mean, a tree probably doesn't have feelings the way we do, obviously. But like that doesn't like, no, I'm not a tree. It's like, no, I'm not a 50 year old woman. Right. Like, don't put your stuff on me. So. So, yes, you're right. Like society is still doing that for sure. But even in ourselves, it like 
even when they're positive labels, it never sits well because it doesn't it doesn't capture us at all. Right. And it's sort of like when someone comments on your weight, oh, you lost weight. And it's like, well, was that a good thing or, you know, there's just so many ways that society takes these labels and makes us feel yucky or or could make us feel yucky if we chose to buy into them. So that's a lesson for us in midlife. You know, we start to feel like, oh, I don't really care, but then you sort of still do. So absolutely. So you call this the, you have a book where you talk about the no willpower. Is it because you're reframing how you see things that you simply don't need the willpower to create change? Can you go a little bit into that? Yeah, I think like change is always happening. And it's totally natural. And the kind of change I tend to talk about a lot is is finding freedom from anxiety and habits. Mm-hmm. And anxiety and habits are are learned. They're not our natural state. So it doesn't make sense to like use willpower to try to fix something that was learned to begin with when we can kind of see through that learning, kind of like we're talking about, like when we kind of see, oh, this isn't even me. This isn't fundamental to me. In the case of habits, habits, for example, do I even like this? Do I even want to do this? You know, we get so caught up where something looks like a problem and then more thought comes in to try to override the problem and and then it's a wreck. And that's definitely true with anxiety too, where it's like feelings are fine, all of them. But anxiety if anxiety is like the fear of fear, then it's just us with judgments and ideas about how I should be feeling and all of, you know, and it just makes a mess. So- okay. It's so much about like kind of seeing our essence before all the concepts and labels and getting a feel for that and then just letting letting all the limits kind of be very loose, you know. And again, it it applies perfectly to women in midlife because it's like, man, we just all these ideas. Sometimes they're even coming from us. Like I thought I would have this by this age or I thought things would be this way. And it's just Anything that causes pain like that is just there. The suffering is perfect. The suffering is showing us that we're attached to a concept as if it's real life. And it's not real life. It's a, it's a thought, just an idea. Well, and sometimes in, su- in times of suffering, there's, you know, the great saying that the universe isn't happening to us. It's happening for us. You know, when we're suffering, there's lessons to be learned often. For yeah. Sure. So can you give a couple of of examples maybe of transformation that you've seen when your clients start to reframe this? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's so hard because the transformation happens like across everything because it's because what really what we're looking at is like, who am I and what's real in life? You know, that that starts to get shaken a little bit when people get curious about that. I mean, sure, habits and anxiety are going to fall away, but so much more than that. You know, people kind of realize the layers of conditioning that have kept them in jobs or relationships or friendships that don't work for them anymore and maybe haven't for a long time. But the thinking is so solid to hold them there. So there's so many stories of like just and sometimes the most fun things are like the little things, but it's like, you know, I realized I always drove the same way to this place. And then I questioned, like, why do we even go to this restaurant? Do I even like this place? You know, it's so minor in life, but it's like, that's the kind of stuff that happens when these identities, structures and concepts just start to, you know, crumble a little bit. So, yeah, so it much sounds like it could up. be more joyful and childlike, like you say. Yes, for sure. 
Where does a woman in midlife that maybe wants to experience more joy and childlike, playful living, where do they start? So it's not the concept here. How can they explore it deeper? You know, a good kind of sign, a wake up call to to the fact that we're living in concepts is is discomfort and suffering. I mean, you know, we experience pain in life, that's fine. But when there's real suffering or we feel stuck or we feel very confused, that's almost always going to show us that we're we're believing in probably a ton of shoulds, a ton of ideas about how things should be. So when that's happening, it's just a place to like really kind of look and just think like, okay, like what what am I actually believing here? What are my beliefs? What do, what do I think it means if I if I leave this relationship or this job or if I just totally be myself? Like what does that even mean to feel like I can totally be myself? And what holds me back from that? Like they're big questions, but they're also just they're kind of simple questions in some ways that that we're just not in the habit generally of of looking toward, you yeah. know. So any level of of suffering is going to kind of point us back to see, okay, what's being held on to? And then when we see what's being held on to, kind of in the way we've been talking, it's really like, okay, well, that is a thought. How, where did that come from? What even is it? You know, like an idea, like a, I don't know, some standard about how we're supposed to behave or look or dress or whatever at a certain age. Like, what even is that? You didn't come up with that. It was fed to you from somewhere, right? And how does it even show up for us? Like, I love these questions of really looking at like, what even is a thought? Like, we might go, say you go into a situation and you feel shame. You feel like, oh, I messed that up or I should have been more friendly or, I, you know, whatever. That didn't go well. Like, to lean right into that shame and just be so curious. What is this? It's a sensation. There's some thoughts and beliefs that'll pop up usually, but to like pull that experience closer and get just insanely curious about it, I think that's the opportunity we have, especially by the time we reach midlife, if we haven't done that, because otherwise we end up just going through our whole life kind of in this illusion where these ideas look so real and solid, but they've never really been examined. Yeah. And maybe we're looking at it through the lens of I should be in this job or I should be in this relationship or I should act one way when we should be asking, do I want to be in this relationship? Do I want to be in this job? Do I want to be living the life that I'm living right now? Or is a lot of it obligatory? Yeah. Yeah. And even without like saying, okay, I'm going to reject this life and I'm going to create this new life, even that can be a little heady, you know, because what are we creating a new life based on? So probably some upgraded ideas of how we should be, (laughs) which is okay, right? But like, but to notice that too, and to just see like a little kid wouldn't do that. A three-year-old wouldn't say like, okay, what's my new life? Like, no, they just, they're just there. They just Mm -hmm. do what calls to them. They're just present and just like life lives them. They aren't trying to live life with their head. And I think this is what we get, you know, we get to kind of come back to that. Usually by by 50s, 60s, like we're just done with trying to make everybody else happy or you're at least feeling the exhaustion of that, of trying to do the right thing and make other people happy. And that's beautiful. Feel that, be exhausted, be burnt out by that because that points us back to like being able to shed that stuff and then just be in life 
how, however it feels right to us. Yeah. And, you know, often when we're in places of being uncomfortable, we try and change the situation around us or change the people around us. And by midlife, we start to see that maybe that's not the answer. Maybe yeah. more us working on changing our perceptions of these things, right? Yeah, definitely. I think by midlife, we've had a lot of experience showing us that it doesn't really work. <laughs> it might look like it works for a minute, but it is not a long-term sustainable thing. Yeah, it's kind of like banging your head against the wall. <laughs> trying to influence and push the outside world to quote-unquote behave for us when it's already behaving the way it's behaving. <laughs> yes, yes. So what would you say are three takeaways that you would want women in midlife to take from this conversation and either put into action or maybe just spend a little bit of time thinking about? Well, I think like like the way we started of just seeing that these things like time and age and, you know, this this linear timeline of a life, seeing that those only exist in thought. They don't exist anywhere else. And thought is moving all the time. It's very fickle. Everybody's thought is changing constantly. So in that sense, they're not real. They're they're thought. So I think that's huge. And that's a really big one to kind of start to consider. And then, like we said, from there, some freedom starts to open up. And then we get to really be aware. You know, another big takeaway is like, don't listen to someone else's experience. People will have, just like you saw when you turn 50, People will be like, oh, you're 50 (laughs) or like, oh, awesome, you made it to 50 or in everything in between. Right. Right. And people will tell you people start talking about how everything hurts and like, you know, like everything that goes downhill and like how menopause is. And it's like that's their stuff. Yeah. If we hear all that and we think it has anything to do with us, we're going to be thoroughly confused and it's not going to go well. So let people have their experience, but none of that has to be anything about what we experience. I think that's huge. That is big. Yeah. And then, you know, really kind of just from that place of freedom, like seeing that what people think and these expectations and even our own expectations that we probably were thoughts that we had in, you know, when we were 20 or 30 about how life would go. Why would we hold to those? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to hold on to much of what I thought when I was in my 20s or 30s. Like, why would we do that? So just because we thought something at one point doesn't mean that was the right thing. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And I just, I, I reflect back to so many times over the years of hearing my patients say, oh, well, I'm old, so of course this hurts. Or, well, you know, it's my age and I just, you know, I mourn for them because, gosh, you could have another 20, 40, 60 years left in this lifetime. Wouldn't it be if we could reframe some of that? But, you know, we have to meet people where they are at for sure. And maybe we shouldn't listen to people and take it as gospel as to how they are experiencing their midlife or how they're experiencing age. But we can often learn from and reflect on, well, that is one way that someone is experiencing things. But remember, there's all other ways <laughs> out there too. We can, you know, take it in, but maybe not absorb it as as what it's going to be for us for sure. Yes. If some people hate the aging process, that's fine. But there are actually people who love it. 
So if somebody loves it, if one person loves it, it's obviously possible. (laughs) So yeah, I'm here to say that I, you know, for my listeners out there, I'm feeling, I'm feeling 50. Like I, I am feeling it. I am loving it. I am feeling like I get a do-over in certain ways because of some of some shifts that I've had that are very, they're resonating strongly with our discussion. And I, you know, I welcome people to read your book and and perhaps delve into this because it can be huge. We have so much choice in how we see the world, for sure. Yeah. How we experience ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, we will have all of your links in the show notes for listeners. Is there anything that you have going on now specifically that you want to point our listeners to? Or is there a specific way to get in touch that is the best way? Probably the best way is just my website, which is dramyjohnson.com. I have a podcast. I have some stuff coming up this summer, but it's all there on the website. Okay, wonderful. Well, we will definitely have some people reaching out to you for sure. Thank you so much for your time today, Amy. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Midlife Rise and Thrive podcast. If you are struggling right now to answer the question, what's next? I want you to sit with me here for a moment. Take this moment with me to breathe in deeply. Go ahead and breathe in and breathe out completely. I want you to set a new intention to rise and thrive in this truly important next chapter of your life. Sometimes it's tough to get started and I want to help. Grab your free copy of my self-assessment tool that will give you three ways to get started. Link is in the show notes. I'll see you next time.